Welcome to the Ruchi Strengthcast. Dan and Paul are the owners of one of the largest powerlifting gyms in the world, Ruchi's Gym, and are experienced powerlifting coaches. Join them as they discuss and debate all things powerlifting and strength training with some fun stuff thrown in. For more information, visit ruchisgym.com. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Ruchi Strengthcast, where we will be interviewing local lifter and legend Kellen Gibbons. Welcome everyone. Good morning. Morning, Thanks. Cal. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. No worries, bro. Awesome. So today we have the pleasure of talking with Callan Gibbons, 27 years of age, young man, very good looking and very good hairstyles. Currently works <laughs> as a personal trainer and also a powerlifting coach. He started his journey in 2015 or possibly even earlier than that, um, doing some no. comps at Ruchi's Gym and he's now a member of the Ruchi's Gym powerlifting team. He's competed in more than 13 sanctioned competitions. And uh, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus shutdowns, he was unable to compete in the recent APL or the first APL meet, which was meant to be held on the 5th of April. But uh, he decided to continue on with his training and test his lift in the Gibbons Gaines Garage, squatting 257.5, benching 157.5 and deadlifting a huge 325 for a 22.5 kilo PB total, 740 at 90 kilos. The man who helps men build strength, Callan Gibbons. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, morning, Cal. Morning, guys. How are we? I watched. That was good. I saw those lifts. That was good, man. That squat is killer. That was really good fun, actually. Like, obviously, yeah. disappointing not being able to do the comp, but mm-hmm. um, having able, being able to do it in the garage and um, and then live streaming it as well on Instagram. It's actually a really cool experience. Um, that was cool, actually. Yeah, I ducked in for a bit of the squats, and then I did a bit of work for the bench, and then I saw your deadlifts um, later. But yeah, it was it was yeah. really really mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Actually, it brings up a point. Paul and I actually had a really good idea. Well, an idea about doing an uh, like an online powerlifting comp, similar to what you did, but obviously with more people. Yeah, I think it could, where, def- you know, yeah, definitely something that could work for sure. Definitely be interest for it's it. Not about. I mean, yeah. I, it would obviously be just like a fun thing, obviously, of course. you know, because, you know, people have different equipment and yeah, know, yeah, of course. That, all that type of thing. Um, but, but it would you be could run it through Zoom, for example, and you could have three referees and then obviously they just judge the lift based on what they can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do something similar. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's not a bad idea. Bank that idea, Daniel. Bank Sounds that. Sounds like that a lot of work, but I'll be honest. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean... Not really, I suppose, because the good thing about it is you could queue up people pretty quickly because while Mm. someone's lifting, someone's warming up and loading their bar and so you don't really get that downtime, it could go pretty smoothly. Yeah. Could be not bad. It's an idea. Could be pretty good. Yeah. No no more physical comps anymore. It's all just uh, online Zoom. The problem is people start having cheetah weights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I'm a material girl and I'm living in a virtual world. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. let's get into uh, let's finding, get into the, let's get into let's finding more about what makes Callan tick and we've got a, a list of um, of questions here we're going to ask them and if we like you know go off on a tangent that's fine because we really like to do that on this podcast anyway because we find that we dive into topics that maybe sometimes we normally wouldn't have um, sort of gone gone into that rabbit hole with but let's start with the qu- first question which is Cullen, how did you get into uh, personal training? And then following from that, like, how did you find powerlifting and how did you get into powerlifting? Yeah, so interesting road into personal training. I um, I finished school ages ago. Well, not ages, but 2009, I graduated <laughs> school. Um, Son, you don't know what really... ages ago is. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I caught myself when I was saying that. Um, <laughs> but no, I finished school and then I was figuring out what to do. I was looking at personal training um, and, and I was pretty interested in it, but I went down the safe route and I started studying commerce instead oh, yes, and um, yes. did that for like a year and a half and it was not not fun. Um, just did not Which, enjoy where, it. Uh, where did you study? I was at Curtin. Curtin, yes, yes. Well, I remember yeah. speaking to you about this. Yeah, yeah Curtin. Um, oh. So I did, did that and then just didn't enjoy it. So I had a bit of time off and yeah. then... Um, Decided to um, just go do sports science instead a couple of years later. Yep. Um, finished that, 
um, started working at just a Curtin Uni gym, just very, yeah. very um, gen pop. Like it was yeah. like, there's a few powerlifters there. We had um, like Leo was there. Yep. Um, he, he was training there. Um, a couple of other, other powerlifters and some other, some other old guys. Funnily enough, like the Curtin gym was massive in like the 80s, I think it was for powerlifting. Yes, had a heap of people there. Um, but yeah, not, not anymore. So I was just doing random stuff there. Just, um, just very, very general training and whatnot. Um, then I moved over to Genesis and I was doing, I did like two months of coaching there. Um, didn't really enjoy that. Um, just wasn't really in the, in the field of coaching that I wanted to do. Um, so I moved over. No, no, that's why I went to, um, I wasn't enjoying coaching. This was like 2016, 2017. I wasn't enjoying personal training and coaching and stuff. I was just like, I wanted to work with sports teams and stuff like that, as yeah. a lot of people do when they get into the Yeah, it's really common, business. isn't it? We want to yeah. train with athletes. And oh, man. We want to be the next Joe DeFranco. And we yeah, wanna, you know, good luck. Good yeah. luck. But um, yeah, so I was doing that. I was not enjoying working in Gen Pop. Um, so I actually went back to uni and I was studying... Um, teaching i was going to do primary teaching cool. um and yeah so i was doing a, a two-year masters of that and um so i was at that was at notre dame so it was a, it was a trek because i was in glen forest catching public transport to there like hour oh, and yeah. a half transport is so shit but yeah. um i was doing that and i had a prac that was located close to my home and um it caused me to have to change where i was training it at the time so I was training at Genesis in Bentley and I had to change to go to Strength and Motion Academy in Midvale, oh, which yep, yep, is, yep. Um, a, yeah, which is a lot closer because that was, I was just studying and whatnot. I had to go to do prac at a closer school and I just didn't want to travel like half an hour to Genesis every day. So went to SMA, um, just started training there. And then the guys there, they were like, why don't you just work here? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like <laughs> I was studying, I was studying teaching. I was like, I got to focus on my studies and whatnot. Um, long story short, they were on my back about it for a little bit. And then finally I caved in, um, started working there full time early 2018. And then dropped out of uni, stopped doing mm -hmm. teaching. And then uh, just been doing coaching ever since. And yeah, so been a mixture of um of in-personal personal training and then yeah. online stuff as well like like a lot of people started doing online stuff just um yeah. coaching for friends and whatnot just doing their programs and then um just grew it off of that and and started coaching people all around the world essentially so yeah awesome that's awesome um yeah and then and then powerlifting yeah so with with the powerlifting i um I was training at just like a random rec center gym, just a, a shitty rec center gym. And um, I was just like, just doing random bodybuilding kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it was cool. Like I, I enjoyed it, but it was just missing something. Like I was, I'd always played sport when I was younger and whatnot, always had that competitive kind of field. And um, I just started seeing some powerlifting stuff, like um, people like Johnny Candido and all that, like seeing them on YouTube and whatnot. Um, and I was like, what are, they, what are these guys doing? Like, I hadn't heard of powerlifting this time. Like, I'd already seen, yeah. seen like squats and, and bench and stuff, but I was like, had no idea this was even a thing. Saw these guys that were lifting like massive weights. And um, I was like, that well, looks cool. I'll give it a crack. And then that was late 2014-ish that I found that. And then did my first novice comp early 2015 at uh at v2 and then yeah, yeah. just went from there i remember that was so, yeah. really actually good I, I actually remember you being there yeah i remember that the, I, that I remember one. the last deadlift the 272.5 yeah, yeah. that i, I missed because I, right I didn't there. yeah yeah <laughs> i wasn't used to the whip on the bar so i got yeah me. oh yeah, I went for We're used to it now, aren't you? Just, just now he's it. like loving it. Now oh, yeah. he's gun ho <laughs> on the deli bar. <laughs> Once you go whip, you don't go oh, back. So, yeah, <laughs> it's very hard to go back. Oh, Trust 100%. me, I'm, yeah. I'm exclusively <laughs> training with the Laco bar now, and every time I go and do my deadlifts, I'm like, where, why oh, am I doing this? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be doing some deadlifts today on the Laco bar. I'm dreading it. So, <laughs> no, that's that's yeah, that's I've, awesome, yeah. man. You've done quite a lot of meets. Um, 
in that time, you know, 13 mm. um, sanctioned meets now. And one of, and also you realize. did a, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking, well, this is going by your open powerlifting, um, you know, yeah, yeah. profile. And um, in uh, 2017, you competed at, in the Oceanas. How was that experience? Tell us about that. Mm. Yeah, so that was like such an awesome experience being able to travel and go compete overseas yeah. for powerlifting. Um, I wasn't really like, didn't expect anything like that when I first got into it, obviously. But um, it was such a cool experience, like meeting um, like meeting the Australia team and then also meeting some some high-profile like IPF lifters yeah. as well. So met like Daiki Kadama and like Yusuke yeah. Suzuki and, um, and oh, Jezza. Yeah. Those guys um, are crazy. Had a funny picture with Jezza actually. Like he's so short and like just so much bigger <laughs> than me. But um, he's wide. Uh, he's, a, he's as um, wide as he is tall. Yeah, no, he's, he's a hundred oh, percent man. Yeah, he's, he's a big boy. But um, no, it's just such an awesome experience. Like just being in that environment, being around the people that um are so high. Where up was in that held in Singapore? What, what they can do. Where, what, where was that, that held? Oh, is that what one in uh, one of the hotels there, like at the back? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was can't there. Exactly two, where I think was, I was but... there in 2018. We went on a family holiday, you know, in Southeast Asia, and on our travels back, we were in Singapore and we were there at the airport, you know, for you know changeover, mm -hmm. and um, you know, we were there like four or five mm -hmm. hours. And during that time, Oceanus was on, so I actually caught a taxi out and spent about yeah. an hour and a half out there. Um, oh, yeah, was, that's cool! Yeah. yeah, it was cool. Really, I didn't know that. Or maybe yeah. Tom, I just forgot. You know, I got a few. Memory. I had my PTC Perth shirt on, and I got a few really strange looks. <laughs> um, but you know, actually, what? You know, I remember you telling but me they don't understand that we love powerlifting. We're not, you yeah. know, we don't put anything in a particular bucket um, and ignore the bucket. We just, you know, we like lifting and we yeah. like supporting lifters, and we obviously we love running powerlifting meets which is awesome i also noticed as well mm. that your actual your first sanctioned meet was actually a powerlifting australia comp that i ran at v2 yeah yeah really? so that was like a month or two after the novice it was comp. actually at ptc perth your first sanctioned meet which is which is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah that's very yeah. cool yeah. goes in full wow. circle man yeah i was gonna say you've you've almost you've well, you've come full circle now now you're obviously doing uh, events at ruchi's gym which is very yeah. very cool yeah yeah that's awesome, man. Awesome. All righty, man. Let's move on to the next question. And it's very powerlifting, powerlifting specific again. So what mm -hmm. attracts you and what has attracted you to powerlifting and what do you really love about it? Yeah, so initially, like I mentioned before, it was just the the competitiveness, like actually having some kind of thing that you were competing against people with. Like, yeah. um, obviously, at, at the same time, powerlifting is a very individual sport and you are yeah. um, improving upon yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a competition as well. Um, yeah. and that I'm, I just love competition. Like, yeah. uh, so that, that's one of the biggest things that, that draws me into it as well as the, the personal growth as well. So, um, yeah. in terms of physical and, and mental and all that kind of stuff, like it's not just, uh, the physical growth that comes from it. Um, like it's not just a getting a new PB, like all that it's it's also like developing other skills outside of the sport as well and yeah. um like transferring the skills you learn into everyday life so it just um just the commitment the yeah everything you need to to put into the sport it's um yeah yeah it just, now i know it just that um, on, yeah. I, I, we've done we've done a lot of catching up lately i know that you were also a, a soccer player um mm. which is cool because dan and i obviously spent decades playing soccer um and so going from a, like basically a team field sport like mm -hmm. soccer to an individual platform sport, barbell mm -hmm. sport like powerlifting, um, very, very different. Um, it's, very, it's a very, very different feel and concept because you don't have, it's not, I mean, you know, someone doesn't literally help you lift the barbell, mm -hmm. but there are people around helping. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a really cool um, transition. Mm. Uh, what sort of things have you found uh, in terms of the differences and the similarities between the team field sports and the powerlifting, what have you found? What's your experience? Yeah, so like just going off of that kind of team thing, it's one of the, the good things about training in an environment with people that have similar kind of goals to you, mm -hmm. even though uh, they they don't really direct your ability to, to lift the bar at a certain time. It can motivate you seeing what they're doing, um, yeah. just being in that environment and whatnot. So 
there is some similarities in that regard. Um, I mean, differences in terms of like team sports and whatnot, obviously, um, in terms of a physical standpoint, like you're competing every every week essentially like you've got yeah. a game every week whereas powerlifting you you're training for this essentially like nine lifts on a on a certain day like months in the in the future so it's like um it's a lot more it's it's harder to to really like see each session as a way to improve your performance whereas with yeah. the team sports it's like okay i've got a game this weekend got to go hard at this session whereas with powerlifting if you've got a, a session like three months out from competition you can kind of turn it off a little bit obviously it's not the best way to do it but it's a lot easier yeah. to do that um but yeah i mean but, obviously yeah. a big difference is the frequency in which you compete which is yeah. interesting because i'm looking yeah. at um in the first year you competed in powerlifting for the and for the first three years you competed in three events <sighs> okay. a year and then for the last two years you've done two events a year which is a really interesting progress and it's very common as someone gets stronger they tend to drop off the frequency mm. in which they which they compete which makes a lot of sense because yeah the stronger you get obviously um the more demand and and stress you know you have to put your body through to make the platform so it's, yeah it's um it's it's which is very interesting and so for all the people out there who are new to powerlifting or just getting started um you can definitely do more than one comp a year you know um mm -hmm. you could do three or four comps a year and then as you build your strength you can you know drop the frequency of um competing which is which is kind of cool um yeah i thought it was really cool yeah. that um you have a very similar background to dan and i in terms of team sports um which is cool you did you play for perth who did you play for again no i i played for swan i see slash oh that's right yes Swan i see yep just yep. thank god yeah, i was gonna say this yeah. uh, interview's over <laughs> man i knew it was i knew it was I knew no, it. all those all those other teams are too far man yeah 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 i remember playing swan i see back in the day that was very competitive games they were a really tough team to play um, and if I remember correctly, the pitch was was a pretty shitty small pitch as well. And you know, if you weren't used to that bumpy small yeah. pitch, um, especially if you're a team that played oh, yeah. really open, um, that would squeeze the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. and that would make it really hard for you. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, that was also an interesting time. Yeah. One I see. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Mm. No, that's that's really. Yeah, I know. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so. The next question I've, I've, I'm, I was going to ask you about your competition experience, uh, which we've already sort of talked about a little bit, but maybe just give us your yeah. favorite powerlifting moment. It could an in, your, yeah. an individual um, powerlifting moment. Yeah, well, I mean, the first like obviously Singapore comes to mind competing Oceania's, mm -hmm. but um, other than that, probably the best thing is um, when I hit three hundred kilo deadlift for the first time um i can't remember what i think that was 2017 it feels like so long ago now but um i did that and i was pretty sure it was 2017 at it barbarian was 20, or something like 2017 that. at barbarian yeah it was in uh yeah it was in july yeah i remember that and i um i that have a video a great on my you, instagram man. Like, you really took your toe yeah. that was a really good meet yeah. for you, man. like your squat your squat went from uh previous 225 to a to a 230 um but your deadlift really skyrocketed in that time any secrets mm, to that yeah. improvement in your deadlift yeah tell me your um, secrets bro i know what he did paul he went from conventional to sumo actually did you but we know for even from early 2015 he was doing sumo because i remember the. i know yeah i'm joking yeah. people He's been doing Jeez, no one can take a joke around here I'll just keep no, shutting up. This now. is serious radio broadcasting, Daniel. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah. Hey, that's it a good indeed. question. Like, obviously, you know, your deadlift has is a, you got a fantastic. All your lifts are fantastic. Um, your deadlift is very, very, very impressive. At ninety kilos, three hundred twenty-five kilo um, deadlift. Any secrets? Um, for our listeners out there everyone asks me that man but like honestly it just comes down to yeah honestly like technique is the biggest thing like people yep. look at it and they're like oh uh, I'm weak at this point in the lift like what's an accessory movement that I can do to strengthen yeah. this part and it's like just look at your starting position look at your technique and yeah, yeah. like that'll just show like if you've got a shitty starting position 
you're gonna be weak at a certain point of a lift. Like you can't yeah. you can't fix this that technique shit, with an accessory. So. This shit infuriates me, man. Know, this whole looking for answers in a sticking point when the actual problem is yeah. honestly most of the time, ninety nine percent of the time is starting position. Starting position, yeah. Yeah. If you don't start in the right position, yeah. you can't maintain a good no. position through the lift and eventually you're gonna stall out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, it's one of those things where everyone wants a ma- everyone wants a magic pill. Yeah. Uh, they start posteriorly tilted at yeah, the bottom exactly. of, a, of, a, of a deadlift, and then wonder why they can't lock out because they've inhibited their glutes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not really. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, th- that could be a, maybe a topic for another um, podcast: sticking positions and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm not really into. I mean, I'm, the lifts are quite simple. I don't think we need to be so granular i don't think 99 percent anyway of the lifting population needs to be so granular in that they they need to focus on like one centimeter of the range of a whole lift because there's a sticking point just above it Uh, to me it's why not just be strong through the whole range that's just me um (laughs) and then and what you find is most of those people as well have so much to improve on the technique that exactly exactly they should just that's where they should start 100%. start with the basics and master yeah. the basics you know yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. really our our philosophy a hundred hard to sell man it's very hard to sell because people just want to add weight to the bar oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah with no oh, yeah. regard for yeah. what it looks like yeah that's so true so true i was going to ask you your favorite event but we already know what your favorite event is it was a 2019 apu classic national championships at Ruchi's gym can't beat it. So it. just next question. It was it actually it was actually a really good event. Yeah, I'll be honest, man. Probably like, easily like the well run. Like, yeah. I so enjoyed good. um being the meet director. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't remember. Were you at the dinner? I don't think you were. No, it was my mum. It's my mum's birthday that day. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. Like, bro. You you actually missed out the dinner. Yeah. Then it was amazing. Like yeah, the it dinner was good. just capped off the whole thing, um, and then you know you you got to miss out on Yuki like drinking beer oh. out of his shoe <laughs> and like doing all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it really was an amazing wrap up to what I thought, and obviously I'm biased. Oh, but yeah, I thought it was such still, a good event. Like, yeah, the amount of feedback and the amount of such like a good event. just yeah, yeah. It's a shame that I won't be able to run one again. So, well. Well, it's a shame I don't think I'll be running one again. But anyway, moving yeah. on. <laughs> next question. Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for powerlifting and where do you think it's going to take you? Uh, maybe in the two-year period, five-year mm-hmm. period, five-plus-year period? Yeah. So I just want to keep improving my lifts. I mean, I don't really have any kind of um, – number lifts that i want to hit obviously just want to keep improving yeah. and whatnot i'm not going to try and limit myself with it with any numbers or whatnot obviously i have mm-hmm. like short-term goals and stuff in mind but um if i get more than that awesome if i don't hit that i'll think of I ways like to think of ways yeah. to get there um in terms of competing and whatnot hopefully um compete sometime soon um obviously whenever <laughs> who knows when that's going to be but um hopefully competing within the year if not sometime next year and yeah. then um going like going and doing more international meets and stuff like that um mm-hmm. just being able to to travel and and compete and and do all that and meet all the different people in the sport um yeah yeah that'd be yeah, that'd be that's, that's awesome. awesome i don't really yeah. have any um yeah so whether we'll that's like as well, didn't at we this point in time yeah yeah yeah, that's awesome. I so mean, at this point in time, yeah. it'll be APL and all that. So, traveling yeah. overseas and obviously like reaching for the highest level in the, in the sport. That's something that any competitive mm. athlete wants to do at, in any sport. And I think it's it's awesome. Yeah. There's a really, really, there's a lot of good opportunities, I think, in powerlifting um, for that. Mm. Um, but um, look, yeah, we spoke about this obviously off air, um, you know, when we've, uh, when we've caught up, perhaps, um, you know, striving for some IPF international meets and stuff and yeah. I'll support yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll personally fully support you in that that's that's really awesome um, something that I mm. would have loved to have done um, but now it looks it looks like I probably won't get that opportunity but that's okay because now I'm a bodybuilder so it's sort of <laughs> yeah and I'm trying to convert my, my brother and like Yanni and Andrew <laughs> yeah. bodybuilding so like 
we're yeah, all just going to get take over ICN down. now. And then, yeah. and then it's going to be like, ICN when do we get mirrors? Year, yeah. I want to get some mirrors in the gym now, Dan. Like, what's going on? No, <laughs> no mirrors, man. <laughs> no. The thing is, the thing about maybe, it is, maybe just like, one. I still love, I still love powerlifting, and I still love the, the, the main lifts, and I still love lifting heavy stuff. Um, so I, I've always liked to incorporate that side of training in my training anyway um i think that mm. it's a really good balance um to have like you know your mm-hmm. your power slash strength training and also your hypertrophy endurance mm-hmm. training um and it also promotes yeah. a really awesome um body composition as well which which i really like i enjoy that so um no that's awesome man um i fully support mm-hmm. you um yeah in your journey through powerlifting um it's it's been obviously an amazing we've i mean dan and i've always sat back and watched you um and your journey since your your, your novice comps and stuff in 2015 it's yeah. been really awesome look man mm-hmm. not a lot of people um there's not many people who stick out stick it out for so long because it actually is mm-hmm. quite a difficult sport um you know mm-hmm. it's you need patience um you know you need that mental and physical endurance mm-hmm. to be able to to get through the years and the months of as you as you know very very difficult training and you can even have periods of training where it almost feels mm. like you're going backwards um but then eventually you know if you stick it stick it out you do oh, go yeah. forwards yeah so yeah it's it's really difficult training <clears throat> yeah oh, we see this all the time though don't no, we definitely. Yeah. yeah i mean people come into the sport they have a two-year career if you want to call it a career yeah and then once things get hard that's when uh, they start to drop off yeah. because the return on investment isn't there anymore, right? When yeah. you first start, you train four days a week, you get incredible gains, yeah. and then once that starts, that that return on investment starts to taper off. That's when people start to question themselves if it's worth them spending time doing something that's going to return two and a half kilos on a squat every year, for example. Mm-hmm. I um, take two and a half kilos on a squat every year. So would I, right now? I, my my uh, I scored a three hundred. It'll be three years in June, so I will take two and a half kilos. Yeah, no problem. Unfortunately. <laughs> Don't I think, think most people happen. would probably take mm. two and a half kilos on their bench, given obviously where their bench level's at. Um, <laughs> man, oh, yeah. bench press. Don't even yeah. get me started. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's the next question? Now, this is not an individual question, but this is more of where do you see the sport of powerlifting going? Like in, you know, in the next five years, two years, 10 years, like... Is it something like a lot? There's been a lot of talk in the last 18 months about powerlifting sort of having sort of peaked its participation rate. And then people, you know, there's, you know, people think it might drop off a bit and it might grow. And what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting with um, obviously at this point in time with all the, the COVID-19 stuff going on, like that's impacted on it greatly with people's ability or inability to train at this point in time. Yeah. Um so in that regard, it's it's probably going to go down a little bit at this point in time. Um, people are going to be having to look for other forms of, of training and whatnot. Um, so there'll probably be, a, I would imagine there'd be a lull at this point in time. But when, when gyms reopen again, um, I feel as if it, it, I don't feel as if it's peaked yet. Um, I feel mm-hmm. as if there's still room to grow. But at the same time, there are things that are stopping the growth of it. Um, such as like like disjointed please elaborate all, like all that kind of yes, stuff yes that's a i want to hear this because dan and i obviously we have got some yeah so, I mean, so let's talk about that let's talk about yeah. how powerlifting the growth of powerlifting might be stunted what are the what, what factors might be stunting the growth of powerlifting? Yeah. yeah let's talk about that yeah so i mean just having like having all these like different federations like all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like there's going to be like tested and untested. Like that's that's fine. Like I wouldn't yeah. put the two two together. Mm. But um, like just having all the different federations and stuff, like when someone comes into the sport, they see all these different federations, they're gonna get overwhelmed. They're gonna be like, What's the difference between this one and this one? Why is there all these different federations? Um yeah. you look at all the, the federations in the past, like um not knocking on any federations or anything like that. But if we're looking at something like PA in WA, for example, like mm. the the number of people just have decreased so much. Um, and at the same time, like it's a, the people that are in the in PA at the moment are a good amount of people. They're like, they're good lifters, good coaches, good whatnot. But they're just like, 
there's just so little of them. There's just, mm. there's no possibility for that to grow. And then you have things like what's gone in the past couple of years. And that's just stunted the growth of, of other federations. Um, mm. And then, I mean, it's just people trying to get their, get their point across and then get in charge. And um, really it's mm. like just disadvantaged as lifters, like, that, that's all yeah, it is, really. I mean, that's not something as a promoter that's music to my ears. Obviously, a pr- promoters don't. Mm. We're not out to disadvantage lifters or anything like that. You know, in 2012, mm. there was a huge change in Australia when um, the GPC was introduced into Australia because out of, mm-hmm. at, out of that time, obviously, at the time, Kappa was the, the reigning sort of non-tested federation and then obviously GPC was born. Um, but now the GPC is, mm-hmm. is it the biggest Dan, powerlifting federation in Australia in terms of numbers? Yeah, look, it's somewhere around the 1,500 member um, mark, roughly. Yeah, I mean, I know um, that powerlifting Australia still has a lot of members. Um, those member numbers are inflated though, right? Yeah, look, I'm not sure to, to what extent, but it's still a large federation. Um, you know, the APU has obviously got a, a lot of really good momentum last year. Um, look, I think the real question is how many of those members actually compete? So I think if you went and look at the actual competitions locally and nationally for those particular federations, I think that will tell you the real picture. Um, and if you look at, for example, GPC around the country, many GPC events sell out. I mean, yeah. in Queensland, Victoria, yeah. you're talking yeah. 120 to 200 lifters at the states. Um, even yeah. here in Perth, you're around 100. Yeah. To I about suppose you also lifters. have the, you know, like uh, in federations like uh, you know PA and the APU, like even the spotters and loaders have to be some form of member. So that yeah, could inf- and yeah. the GPC doesn't have that requirement. So that could inflate, mm-hmm. you know, the, in terms of in compa- with, in terms of a fair comparison. Yeah, I suppose that could inflate yeah. the membership numbers as well. But I agree in that I've never been a huge proponent of like all these federations. Um, no, and people who know me and that know me well know that I really um, I'm all for the, the tested side. Um, and I, you know, I've obviously worked for many years trying to. Um, to us help that side of powerlifting and obviously also the the un, untested side mm. um you know obviously with the gpc and all the work we do with the gpc and so on but um yeah it's 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 very confusing um mm. for new people who come into the sport and then when yeah. you talk, start talking about the landscape in australia oh, man, they, yeah. they get very confused as to like yeah. what the differences are and why why are the differences why are there all these federations mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, some people have even said, you know what, well, I'm not even going to bother because the powerlifting yeah. world can't even get it right. Why the hell am I going <clears> to <throat> jump into this very yeah. volatile, you know, world <laughs> that doesn't seem to know what it, even what what it is itself type thing? <laughs> it's, a, mm. it's got an identity crisis almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's like when I, when I got into it, I was like, I think there was what, like three federations yeah. like PA. GPC and, and Capo, and even that, yeah. I was like, man, which, like, what do I want to do? Like, and now you've got like probably double that amount of federations. It's well, like, I think since yeah, the split, crazy, I think since Pierre lost its affiliation with the IPF, and then you had the APU introduced, I think now more than ever, it's is it's probably it's at its worst in Australia it's ever been in terms of the number of active powerlifting federations. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, now, now we have APL. Now you have the APL. Yeah. You know, now you have the APL. Um, which you know offers both the tested and non-tested side plus pretty much virtually every combination of yep. equipment category mm. that you can think of yeah it's crazy um, so it's going to be interesting to interesting to see what happens mm. when gyms reopen and you know sort of yeah. with powerlifting you know who knows? look i think what you find and, and we already know this is that in each individual state you'll find that the federations which are the strongest um will be the ones where the best meets are run. Yeah. yeah I mean, at the, end of the day, people want to compete in the best competitions, you know, where meet directors are obviously trying to improve uh, what they're doing and the sport, uh, you know. Mm, so I think true, at the end actually. of the day, what you'll find is there'll be different, you know, for example, PA is big in Melbourne, not big here. Mm-hmm. Why? Because let's be real, the PA meets are run outside. Um you know, to me, that's not powerlifting. I mean, that was powerlifting 10, 20 years ago, and that's great, but I think powerlifting's moved on a hell of a lot since then, and I think most people are in tune with that, and so that's why they choose meets, for example, that are run at our gym because, well, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, and I think you'll find that 
people will go where the best meats are. And I think that, you yeah. know, they gravitate towards where the best meats are. And they, those meats are big, so people want to compete with more people. Oh, yeah. Where there's more competition. So, yeah. and I think that's just an organic thing, right? And I think every state sort of has its own different mm. differences there as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, look, it's a, this is a topic that Paul and I have been discussing for years. And I know many people have. It's just, it's crazy, you know. And with the with the IPF APU split, the PA APU split, it just made it even worse. You and know? now, yeah. if you think about it, yeah. you have also the APL side of the tested um, the tested lifting now, because mm. obviously they um, have a tested side. So even if you roll it back three years, three years ago you only had one tested option. Now mm-hmm. you have three. Yeah, and uh, so, that's that's I'll- not that is. A staggering growth rate for tested federations. Well, now you, you, you've also Australia. got, and you've also got people who question whether we uh, need federation powerlifting. And my answer to that is, well, of course you do, because the whole point of federated powerlifting is that you're held accountable to someone above mm-hmm. or higher than you, higher rank. For example, as the GPC meet director here in WA, I'm held accountable to the GPC Australia board, right? Mm-hmm. They're held accountable to the world board, for example. If you don't yep. have sanctioning bodies, then there's no accountability up the chain, which means hey, we've seen this around the world, right? Meets that aren't sanctioned, that are, you know, oh, inverted commas, invite only, um, professional yeah. events that have questionable judging standards because they're not held accountable to anyone. And then open powerlifting, um, no problem. They just publish those events. So what's stopping me, for example, running... Uh, basically a novice comp, but not calling it a novice comp, let's call it the Western Australian Open, and then just filtering those uh, results straight through to open powerlifting who have no problem um, reporting results uh, from meets that aren't sanctioned. What's the difference? Even though I, I agree with you, and you know I heavily agree with you in terms of sanctioned powerlifting, one of the problems is that like, at the end of the day, anyone can start a sanctioned powerlifting event so what difference does it make do you can know what i'm saying but, can they but i mean if this what top what the what's the barrier you could do what everyone else has done in the past copy and paste someone else's constitution copy and paste someone else's rule book and boom you've got a powerlifting federation you know True. what i mean it's like just, there's a little bit yeah, more work yeah. to do that rather than just i know but my point is what is the real difference? Yeah, no. And this is one of the problems and that I, we have. And don't get me wrong. I don't like asking that question because I don't like the answer. Um, <laughs> no, the answer sucks. The answer really it's sucks. true. Because I imagine mean, that you've got a whole heap of unprofessional federations out there. And then what you have is people who say that if a federation or a, or a governing body is not um, supported by the government, then how are they legitimate? You know, you've got that side of the equation as well. Um, you know, it's a very, it's a very bizarre um, scenario. At the end of the day, I think people just need to focus on the lifting, um, improving themselves, doing better, because there are some things that none of us are able to control. We can't control what other people are doing or other federations. We can only control what we do locally, and that's pretty much what you and I focus on, Paulie. It's just, um, yep. you know, honing on, on the things that we can control locally. And that's why I guess we've had some success in running meets and growing the gym and, and the sport here locally because, I mean, that's where we focus our attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely shows when, when you guys put in the uh, the effort for the lifters that that's when you see that growth and, and people appreciate it. So well, it's definitely, then, definitely working. And, and you hit the nail on the head there, Cal. And, and what... And basically what it comes down to is when lifters can see the meat director actually applying themselves, making an effort, they are appreciative and then they support the event. Um, and you know what? And, and there are meat directors around Australia who don't have maybe some of the resources and the skills that Paul and I have. Um, but they because they put in the effort, they get rewarded by having um, lots of people come to their meets, right? And that's all it's about. People honestly don't care that much about all the bells and whistles. All they want to, all they want to know is, is the leadership there? Is the meet director making an actual effort? And I think when the meet director makes an effort, it's reflected in the competition, the numbers of the competition, and over time, the quality of that competition as well. Yeah, I agree with that. It's all about the effort. Um, you know, like you say, there's, there's, 
meet directors and people out there who haven't got the same resources that we've been able to build over the last 10 years, um, but they still do a fantastic job because, you know, their heart goes into the meet, you know, and they look after the lifters, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah 100% agree. Agree with that. Well, that got off topic a bit, but a good topic indeed. <laughs> what? what else we got for him? What else we got for yeah. Cow, Paul? I don't have any more questions. Um but maybe Callum would like to ask us a question, maybe like reverse the interview slightly. <laughs> a reverse interview. Well, Cal, I had a uh, question for you before we get into that. Interesting. So, Cal, where yeah. do you see your career in um, in the sport or, or personal training? So where do you want to go from where you are now um, to in 10 years? Where do you see yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, at this point in time, it's kind of – a bit uh not so much on pause but it's kind of just seeing what the the climate what what it goes down um in terms of when gyms are reopening and all that kind of stuff and um at, at the moment i'm still coaching coaching some of my team online so um a lot of well not a lot but a fair amount have been able to source their own equipment and whatnot so i'm still coaching them online so definitely want to push the um push the online a lot more and and keep working with people um in that regard like i've got people in um like America and, and Netherlands that I'm coaching at the moment and like being able to connect with people like that over there um, through powerlifting is crazy and it's awesome. So um, we keep doing stuff like that. Um, in terms of coaching, just keep doing that in, in whatever regard that is, whether it's, um, I don't know where it's going to be, but um, just keep, keep pushing that and, and keep, uh, mm-hmm. keep helping people to achieve their their goals with their with their training whether it's powerlifting whether it's i don't know whatever they want to do so you're a dream maker yeah i've got i've got actually a more personal personal questions for cullen a what one thing i like one thing i really like about cullen mr cullen gibbons is that i know he's a bit of a family man and i noticed this at um no seriously i noticed this for the first time at um at nationals last year when your you know your family was there your mum and your dad um and obviously Kirsty was there to support you as well tell us a bit about your family man like um you know where are they from that type of thing mm-hmm. yeah um so oh, where should i start um i guess if we're looking at like a sporting kind of thing like in terms of sports and stuff like that um my mum's side of the family is croatian um so they were big mm-hmm. into soccer and that's that's how i got into it initially mm-hmm. um mum grew up playing she played um she played state soccer actually for wa oh, back wow. in the day yeah awesome. um and then funnily enough dad is english but he's yeah. like less into into soccer than mum is so wow. um yeah so Probably i, I get england always lose he got sick of england losing. yeah <laughs> he's like no i'm bowing exactly, out. yeah bowing yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah exactly that's it so what sports um, are you into uh cars and gardening yeah oh nice gardening's a a sport he's a green thumb he's a green thumb gardening's a sport (laughs) people got to do it now if they got nothing else to compete in so i was about to say like i mean Mm. gardening's big now right because people love their plants and stuff man yeah there's people around me going crazy honestly actually look it's actually no one really knows this but i actually wanted to do horticulture when i was in year 11 actually yeah um, and then I decided to um, go into a multidisciplinary science degree. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I wanted to do pharmacy. I remember when Paul, he wanted to be a horticulturalist and he did work experience at Naranda Hills at, Nursery. No, nah, Beach oh, yeah. Bar. No, no, not Beach Bar? It was a, it's not there anymore. It was on the corner. And the he hated it then. He hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted to learn how, I wanted to learn the genetic sides of propagation and, you know, how to Bro. Have, you know, genetic engineering. Yeah, I, I get mean, it. It was work experience. What did you think? I, I know, do? I know, I get it. Yeah, but it was basically just slave labor. They got me there just pulling out weeds and shit. It's like, <laughs> dude, like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to pull your weeds out, man. Well, that's like when we have, um, schools call us about work experience for year 10 11 and 12 students i I tell them the same thing i say look i mean they're literally going to be cleaning the gym 
you know, it's... I don't know, man. Like, you had man come in and, like, at least you sat down with man. Well, programming. Okay. The reason... So, I've had one work experience kid and the reason I got man in is because he actually had an interest in powerlifting. So, I could teach him He's stuff. Strong. You know, I could sit down, do some programming stuff with him. He developed his own program. I reviewed it, made some... You tinkered with it for... You know what I mean? So, he was a bit of a different case because he actually had an interest in, in, in powerlifting and what we do. He already knew who we were. Um, he's actually competed in our comps. Yeah, he's he's good. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. very strong kid. Man, don't. When are we he actually has an Australian record. Um, I don't oh, know. I keep nagging. I keep nagging about that. He he. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he. I thought he said that when he gets his license or something, he was going to come in. Yeah, I keep I keep hitting him up. I've stopped asking him now. I'm sick of asking him. <laughs> yeah, I also think I think he also trains with his friends as well. And That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, when he's serious about powerlifting, he'll come to a powerlifting gym. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's a good, yeah. nice catchphrase, Daniel. I tell, I've told, I've told him what I tell everyone else, and I'll, and I'll tell you guys, and for those of you listening, if you live within thirty minutes of Ruchi's gym, and you tell me you are interested in powerlifting and you don't train at our gym, I'll tell you you're not interested in powerlifting. Boom. I mean. It's that simple. If I want to play tennis, I find a tennis club. If I want to play soccer, I find a soccer club. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's that simple. Um, yeah. And what normally happens when I talk to people is they, they nod, they agree, they understand. Um, mm. Some people don't understand, they leave, and then I see them six months later because they get it. They finally, finally the penny dropped. I think you know? as well, this goes back to the confusion. <clears throat> Yeah, that Callum was talking about because our sport, we play our sport mm. in a gym, right? But when yes. people come into our gym and they think they're coming into like a commercial gym, and I, I always tell them, this is not a commercial gym. What you've actually walked into is a sports club. Yeah. You've walked into a sports club, and it just so happens that we play our sport in a gym and we use the tools of a gym to become better at our sport. That's what you've walked into. Exactly. And, and so I think, yeah, so I think that helps sort of, you know, alleviate any sort of confusion. You know, people look around, where are the treadmills? Where are the mirrors? Where, are the, you know, all that type of really commercial type stuff. Um, and then when I explain to them that you've actually walked into a, what I would call a sports club primarily mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, a commercial gym setup type thing. And, you know, and also... With that comes the price difference because you know, like you know, we are a little, you know a little bit more expensive than a, a commercial gym, um, and so. However, you know, the value is helps. far more mm. superior. Oh yeah, of course. But but for no. anyone who is into powerlifting and strength training, they understand that. But for someone who gets on a you know, they do a forty-five minute session. They start with fifteen minutes on the treadmill and then they go and do bicep curls for forty-five minutes. They don't understand the difference between. No, of course not. You know, they don't get it, right? So, um, uh, Dan, remember our workouts at uh, Bayswater Waves? Yeah. We started on the treadmill. That's the shit we used to do. And yeah, exactly. That's what everyone you know. You start on the treadmill oh, and yeah. you go upstairs and you throw around some weights. Yeah. Can't believe how yeah. fit I was, man. We used to spend yeah. like an hour on that treadmill. Dude, I tried to do your... a, I tried to do a run around the tennis court. I did two runs this week, five minutes. I was dead. My cars, ankles. Jesus. Absolutely. So I'm actually using I'm actually using this off time as an opportunity to try and improve my fitness levels, and I've also started working on my nutrition. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I'm going to get shredded. Color, that's a good question for you. Obviously, I was doing um, heaps of cardio in the lead up to my my comp. But do you incorporate any sort of cardiovascular training into your, you know, mm. intentional cardiovascular training? Not, yeah, man, I just reduced my rest periods. I mean, like <laughs> intentional. Um, I try and try and stay as active as possible. Um, mm. At the moment, all I'm doing is trying to get out of the house and go for a walk at least once a day, um, just yeah. around around the block and. Um, usually when I'm, when I'm working, I'm somewhat active anyway, so um, I'm up and about, but I don't really have any particular, like, um, like actual cardiovascular stuff that I do. I mean, I jump on the, I jump on like a, an exercise bike for 10, 15 minutes before some sessions, if I'm feeling 
feeling a bit tight or anything like that and i need to loosen up yeah. a bit but other than that there's not really a, a whole lot i do enjoy doing it like i enjoy yeah. um i enjoy doing like circuits and stuff like that i just don't do it because yeah. i prefer doing other things so yeah no 100 no, obviously it depends on one's goals as well i mean you yeah. know, if your goal is maximal strength then copious amounts of cardio isn't exactly necessary exactly. yeah um but if you're trying to shed a lot of body fat and look good on stage then you know a bit of high intensity cardio can help a lot mm -hmm. it can mm -hmm. help a lot um yeah that that's cool that's cool i'm actually looking forward to going back in the gym so i can do my prowling you know up and down do some prowler oh yeah um, yeah yeah not as much as what i was doing but you know just to keep that you know keep my cardiovascular fit cardiovascular fitness up um yeah obviously in my garage you can't do that so what what i'm doing right now is i'm working on my strength levels and bringing my strength levels and my body weight back up um to hopefully support a really a much easier cut going into season a but um yeah embrace yeah. cardio dan it's it's good for you i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying to, i'm trying to get my fitness levels up yeah see how we go Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, no, speaking of speaking of ICN and what? Oh yeah, no, no, go for it, man. That's oh yeah, yeah, shoot, 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 shoot. No, I was just going to say, um, with with ICN, you're doing ICN. I've got my sister Jamie's doing it as yes, well. Jamie. She was meant to be competing, uh, not alongside you, but at the same yeah. time as you. So, um, she, uh, hang on, is she going to yeah. do season A next year? Is is that her plan? Um, we're not sure yet. Depends when everything's. Okay. When, when everything yeah, gets course, planned out and course. all that yeah. um but yeah, she's still training now so yeah yeah good 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 uh, yeah um she's your only sibling two kids oh i've got a couple of brothers i've got some okay. i've got older half half brothers and sisters oh wow okay cool they're, are they into lifting or anything like that they're probably uh not particularly yeah. uh my older brother does a little <laughs> bit but not a whole lot. Cool. They're they're a, they're a lot older than I am. They're about fourteen years older than I am. So yeah. So they're like our age. Our age. <laughs> pretty pretty much yeah. Pretty much. yeah. Dan, yeah. you old <sighs> mother. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's all good. I tell you what, yeah. when you're twenty, you're going to think thirties old. When you're thirty, you're going to think forties old. When you're forty, you think fifties uh -huh. old, and so on. That's just the way it goes. But right now, mm. we're 42 this year, but I don't consider myself old. But then I think in 10 years when I'm 52, I was like, damn, that's going to be old. Yeah. What am I, you know? So, yeah, it's always the way. <laughs> it's about, you know, embrace, just embracing the moment, you know. Age is just a number. That's it. Yeah. It's an important number. Not as important as your total. True, true. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, that's obviously if you're doing powerlifting. <laughs> It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, let's wrap it up, brother. Well, that's it. That's it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We've been carrying on now for 52 minutes. It's been awesome to talk with you, Cal. Well, um, we'll you. see you back in the gym when it reopens. Um, yeah, let's yeah. leave it at that. Hopefully, next week, we'll have another podcast yeah, up. I'm not on, sure what the topic's going to be yet, but um, Paul and I will think of something razzling for you all. All right? Awesome. All right, guys, have a great day. I'll speak to you later. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Ruchi Strengthcast. Be sure to subscribe to join us on the journey and for more information, visit ruchisgym.com.